the sermon so that way anybody that misses, whether it's teaching and they want to hear the sermon, or if they're out as a sickness, and uh, or if they're just trying to get away from me, now they can't. Uh, um, but if you miss a service, I'll email you the recording of the service, or if you um, would like um, a, a recording of a service, please let me know. I won't keep them on my phone for too long, um, but uh, so if you want one, make sure you let me know sooner rather than later. All right, test for the day. Does anybody know what our theme for the new year is? I have left subtle hints. Actually, no hints at all. I've left, I put it on the website yesterday, and I tweeted it out yesterday. And since no one probably goes to our website anymore since they don't need to, um, anybody know what it is? No, you guys don't count. You saw the banner. It doesn't count. No, you can't Google it. I'll tell you what it is. Let me see if I can remember how to do this. All right. Do, do, do. Da, 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 da. There it is. Oops. Now I've got to figure out how to get out of that. All right. It's probably going to switch to the other one. All right. There we go. Good. This is our theme this year, Jeremiah 33.3. This is my life verse. Uh, we can go ahead and turn there. Jeremiah 33. Um, I had been, I think I told you this, back in the summer. Usually it's in the summer that I start praying about and get our theme set. And then in November, kind of start working at it more and towards it more. Um, and so I had a theme that was not this that I'd planned on doing since the summer. And then come November, when I started praying on it more and preparing for it, um, God moved me off of that and onto this. We're going to have a year uh, focused on prayer, and we're going to do some different things throughout the year that will encourage us in our prayer life and to uh, help us uh, in our prayer life make sure that we're praying uh, correctly, make sure that we're praying um, effectively, make sure that we're praying uh, uh, appropriately. And uh, so this is going to be our theme verse, Jeremiah 33.3. As I said, this is my life verse, and, and uh, this is the first verse I remember memorizing. I doubt it was the first one I memorized, knowing you know John 3.16 and those kinds of things, but this is the first one I remember working on to memorize uh, as a young child. And uh, so this one has always meant uh, a lot to me. But uh, this morning, I basically want to preach through the verse. And uh, I promised everybody a gift. I said, if you come, you get a gift. So those slackers who didn't come today, forget them. No, I'm just kidding. They'll get one too. Um, if they ever come back, they'll get one too. And I told you, don't be too excited because it's small. It's a bookmark. All right. So you got a bookmark with the church theme on it and the church logo on the other side as well. Everybody gets one of those. Um, if you read lots of books and you would like to, uh, then I can give you a great deal uh, on a second one uh, as well. Um, we'll start off with everybody getting one. We've got plenty for everybody. Um, but uh, after the service today, make sure you get a bookmark. I suggest putting this uh, somewhere in a book that you read regularly. So whether it be in your Bible for your devotions, uh, or if you read another book, uh, you can put it in there. And my, my hope is, is that it will remind us to pray more, that we'll be faithful in praying more. And um, I don't read a lot of books. I'm getting ready to start a book um, here in the next week. And uh, so I plan to put my bookmark in that book, and, uh, and, and they'll help me. As, as when I'm reading my Bible, I'm usually getting ready to pray anyhow. And so I'll put it in another book that will help and just encourage me and remind me of the need to pray. We're going to do some other exciting things with prayer. I'll explain in the afternoon service 
with those. Uh, but let's look here in Jeremiah 33 in verse number 3. Let's read it, then we'll pray, and, uh, and then we'll look at it here this morning. It says, uh, uh, Jeremiah 33, 3, Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. I'd like to read it together. Can we do that, everybody, out loud? I'll say the reference, and then let's all read it together. Jeremiah 33, 3. Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Lord, I pray for your help as we enter into this new year. Lord, I pray that you would help us to improve our prayer life. I pray that we would pray more. I pray that we would see our prayers be more effective, that we would see more answers to prayer in this new year. Lord, I pray that you would guide us to do what you want us to do. I pray that today as we talk through uh, this morning, as we look through this passage and a few others, Lord, I pray that I would present them clearly and correctly. Lord, as we go throughout the rest of our day and we present the vision that I believe you've given for this year, I pray that we would be unified in it. And Lord, that you would challenge us to come together to accomplish what you want us to accomplish in this new year. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, here in Jeremiah 33.3, I think it's a fairly self-explanatory verse. I think most verses are. Uh, but uh, in this case, I think it is. And I kind of want to study through it. Before we do that, I want to put it into context, uh, as context is very important. Uh, look here in verse number 1. I want us to see the comfort that Jeremiah 33.3 can give us. The comfort that the verse can give us. And we find that as well in the context of it. Verse number 1 says, Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto Jeremiah the second time, while he was yet shut up in the court of the prison, saying, Thus saith the Lord, the maker thereof, the Lord that formed it, to establish it, the Lord is his name. Then it goes into verse 3, Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. We see in verse number 1, now Jeremiah was a prophet of God. Uh, it's easy for me to remember because my dad used to sing a song, Jeremiah was a prophet. Uh, so uh, so I, don't, I remember that. Some of you will get know what that is. My kids laugh because they think it's funny, but they don't understand where it comes from. Nonetheless, uh, Jeremiah was a prophet, which means God spoke to Jeremiah. Jeremiah then spoke to the people. This is what God said. He was more than just a preacher, although he was that as well. And he would prophesy the things that God told him that were going to come to pass if they didn't get right with God. He was constantly telling uh, uh, his people, you're disobeying, you're not pleasing God. Get right with God or destruction's coming. So here Jeremiah now had been thrown in prison. He was uh, in the prison there, it says in verse number 1. And this was the second time that the Lord came to Jeremiah while he was in prison. Uh, I think it's important, this is, this is not necessarily tied in with this verse, but I think it's important for us to remember that uh, God is a God of comfort. He's a God of many things, but He's a God of comfort. And here, Jeremiah being isolated from people, he was not isolated from God. This is the second time that God came and spoke to Jeremiah while he was in prison. This was not a pleasant prison. This was not even today's prison. I worked with some people uh, when I was in college, and one of the jobs I had, a cleaning job. And uh, uh, we cleaned, uh, me and another person cleaned a offices within a factory. And, uh, and the factory workers would take break the same time that we did. We cleaned at night, and there was only like four or five of them. So we were talking with them one night, and the guy talked about it. He said, well, yeah, I'm going to, no, I can't go out this weekend. I have to go check in uh, and, and serve some more time this weekend. 
I didn't realize you could do that. I didn't realize that you had a choice of when you served your time, but for his case, he did. And he would go in on the weekends and spend two or three days in, in, in the, the local uh, jail or prison, whatever, and, and uh, serve off his time. And it was a drug charge that he was serving off, a uh, possession charge. And, uh, and I remember him talking about it. I decided to ask him because I had heard preachers say and, and rail on the prison system and how it's too, too luxurious now and all that kind of stuff. So I asked him, what's it like? And uh, he said, actually, it's not too bad. Um, he said, it's, you know, it's a pretty relaxing weekend. They got a TV, they got a game room. Um, and I know not every prison is like that, but I thought, man, that's, that sounds not too bad. I mean, I'm in college and they have more than what I have in my dorm room, uh, you know? And I thought, my goodness. But uh, uh, I chose not to smoke the weed and go with him. Uh, but nonetheless, we, we see in this case, in Jeremiah's case, this was not a luxurious prison. This was not a comfortable prison. It was, uh, it was muck. It was dirty. It was uh, uh, lonesome. It was probably cold. Uh, it was not a healthy environment. Yet, while he was isolated in this, God came to him. It's good to remember that we're not isolated from God. We can be isolated from people. There are times that we feel just alone. We feel like nobody understands what we're going through. We feel like uh, no one hears us when, we, when we're hurting. We feel like people at work aren't help. Maybe home isn't helping. Whatever it is, and we feel isolated, but it's good to know. And we always have the comfort of the Lord available to us. While Jeremiah was in prison, there, there we, we understand that there is no confinement on this earth that can keep us from God, or that can keep God from us. There's no place on this earth that we can go that God cannot be with us. But the, the ultimate comfort of this verse really comes with the result of the verse. So verse 3 says, Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Now if you'll do that, he says in verse number 6, Behold... I will bring it health and cure, and I will cure them and will reveal unto them the abundance of peace and truth. And I will cause the captivity of Judah and the captivity of Israel to return and will build them as, it, as at the first. And I will cleanse them from all their iniquity whereby they have sinned against me, and I will pardon all their iniquities whereby they have sinned and whereby they have transgressed against me. So what Jeremiah is going to tell the people, call unto God, and he will answer. And he'll show you great and mighty things which thou knowest not. And if you do that, verse 6 says, uh, there will be healing. They were in captivity. Uh, they, were, they were not living the life of free people. They were living a, a life that wasn't that great, to be honest. And so it tells us why they need this comfort. Look at verse number 4. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel concerning the house of this city and concerning the houses of the kings of Judah, uh, which are thrown down by the mounts and by the sword. They come to fight with the Chaldeans, but it is to fill them with the dead bodies of men whom I have slain in mine anger and in my fury. And for all whose wickedness I have hid my face from this city. They were, they were going through a time of discipline. Discipline is not fun. They were going through a time that they had sinned against God, and so God had given them over to captivity. But Jeremiah is told by God, tell the people to call unto me, I will answer them. I'll show them great and mighty things which they know not. In verse 6, we see that healing can come as a result. Verse 7, that restoration can come because of, of verse 3 of calling on the Lord. Restoration to me, is one of the greatest things in the Bible to know that God will not only forgive me my sins, but He will restore me in the relationship with Him. Um, there are people who can do damage to a relationship on this earth, and their relationship can never be restored. 
or marriages where you can do something and, and maybe, the, maybe you can be forgiven, but the, the relationship's never the same again. It just, it's not restored back to its fullness. Um, there are co-workers who can do, damage a relationship and it cannot be restored. Yet with God, God says, you sinned against me and God hates sin. But God says, I will forgive you. Not only that, I will restore you. I can bring you back and make our relationship what it was. Then in verse number 8, we also see forgiveness. It goes along with restoration and obviously healing as well. But he says, I'll cleanse them from all their iniquity, whereby they have sinned against me. I'll pardon all their iniquities, whereby they have sinned and they've transgressed against me. That's a comforting thought to know, okay, so... If we call on the Lord, the result can be healing, restoration, forgiveness, among other things. But here in this passage, that's what we see. To me, that's very comforting. Uh, that's, that's a comfort that comes in the verse. But I want us to look here at number two today, the command of this verse, the command of the verse. The comfort of the verse is that, hey, there's a, there's a great result that comes by obeying the verse. By obeying, by obeying God and calling on Him. Now, we see the command that's given to us where He says at the very beginning of verse 3, Call unto Me. This is the prerequisite to the healing, the forgiveness, and the restoration. This is what leads to all of that. But first, before that comes, we have to call on God. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, Pray without ceasing. We know that verse. We've talked about that verse before. To be in that constant state of prayer. When we have our mind on praying, we, our mind can't be filled with things that it should not be filled with. When we have our, our, our mindset of constantly praying, then when our coworker does something that we really can't stand, we're already praying so we can say, God, please help him not to be so stupid. I'm sorry, I shouldn't say that word. Please help him not to be so not smart. Uh, please... Please help me to, to maintain my integrity. Please help me to not punch him in the face. Uh, you're already praying about it. Pray without ceasing. Being in that constant state of prayer. Philippians 4, 6 says, In everything by prayer and supplication. It goes on, but in everything. In every situation in life, the big things and the small things. The things that we think God doesn't care about. Pray about those things. Call unto me. Romans 12, 12 says, Rejoicing in hope patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer. It's that constant praying. Yeah, I find myself at times in life where I'm just going through a hard time. Uh, I get maybe flustered, maybe a little stressed, um, whatever it may be. And, uh, and I find myself in this, this situation where I realize I haven't prayed about this. I haven't prayed about this. There are times where maybe I feel a little guilty that I feel stressed. And so instead of praying and handle it, I just I try, to, I try just to get through it, to muscle through it. And the reality is I finally come to this, this, the realization, I haven't prayed about this. God help me. And He does. If anything, He gives me peace just, just giving Him the situation. He doesn't always give me the solution immediately. But when I have that comfort to know, okay, I've called on Him, now it's His problem, not mine. That gives me comfort. It gives me peace to know, okay, God has it now. I've given it to Him. We have to pray, and we have to do it consistently. Um, 
We do pray, but, but do we really pray? I don't know how often you pray, and I won't ask you today. Boys, can we stop playing around, please? Thank you. Um, I don't know uh, uh, how often you pray, but oftentimes we pray at the same time every day. Um, if you do devotions, um, you pray then. You pray at mealtime. And maybe you pray at bedtime. I don't know when you pray. But, uh, uh, but we can come into these where we're praying every day at the same time. Sometimes we get into the repetitions. We're saying the words. We're not really thinking about what we're saying. We're saying the words, but, but we're not really depending on God to answer what we're asking Him. Um, so, so we do pray, but, but do we actually pray? We say the words, but are we doing it? Um, Luke 11, verse 1, the Bible says, And it came to pass that he was praying, that as he was praying in a certain place, that's Christ, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. I've always found this verse so intriguing because the disciples spent every day with Christ. They, they walked with Him. They saw the miracles. They, they did things. They did miracles, some of them. They, they were serving with Christ on a daily basis. And yet, 11 chapters into Luke, we see a disciple say, Lord, would you teach us to pray? It's not that the disciples had never prayed before, but what I believe is the disciples saw that the prayers of Christ were different than their prayers. Maybe they were more effective. Maybe they saw answers to Christ's prayers that they didn't see to theirs. Maybe they just watched Christ as He prayed and thought, I've never seen anyone pray like that before. Um, missionary John Grasty. Um, John is from North Carolina, and uh, now he's in Slovenia. I'd love to see the reaction of people in Slovenia when John talks. Uh, John's from the mountains of North Carolina. Most of you have got a chance to meet him in person. Uh, but John, <clears throat> when I first met John, we were uh, just done with our freshman year of college, and we were working at camp together for the summer. And uh, we were in, uh, I think it was a devotion, um, and, uh, and it was all the guys that were working at the camp were in there, and we were in this room for devotions. And, and uh, the guy got done, and he asked John to pray. I had met John, I would talked with John, um, whatever. So John, you know, he's got some twang to him, and he's got some mountain to him. But John, what I didn't know about him is he is a, uh, when he preaches and when he prays, he does it at a slightly higher volume level than what I was used to. I talked with John. We had conversations. Nothing, nothing strange about it. Yes, he had, he had a thick accent, but outside of that. And so the, the man asked John, John, would you close us in prayer? John said yes, and he stood up. And he began to yell almost uh, as he prayed. And it was different. I'd never seen that before. And, uh, and he did. He began, I mean, he was, uh, he was loud enough for everyone to hear him, no doubt, without a microphone. And, uh, and I later learned that he was, that was his preaching style as well, and he's different now. He doesn't, as far as I know, last time I heard him preach, he didn't yell. He got a little louder than the normal talking voice. Uh, but if you guys remember Adrian uh, that was here, Adrian Burden, uh, you know, he was loud. My boys asked, why does he preach so loud? Um, I said, he wants to make sure you hear him. Um, but uh, nonetheless, it was different when I heard John pray. And it kind of struck me as not only was he being louder than me, I felt like he was more sincere in his prayers than what I normally hear when people pray in public. Not to say that he was. It's not my job to judge how serious you are when you pray. Uh, but uh, but there was, it, was, it was different. 
And the disciples, I believe, they watched Christ pray and they had seen John pray. They, they had seen others pray and I believe they had prayed. But when Christ prayed, there was something different about it. We're going to focus in on that more next week. That's the plan at least. And so they say, Christ, would you teach us to pray? We oftentimes pray, but we don't really pray. We talk. And, and maybe it's not all uh, for nothing, but, but can our prayers be more effective? Do we have to pray loud for it to be effective? No. I oftentimes pray in my head. I don't even pray out loud. And I believe those prayers are answered just as much as my, my verbal prayers. But we have to understand that God says, call unto me. He doesn't just say, speak like you're talking to me. He says, call unto me. I like to ignore people when they call. I'm a big fan of that. If a number calls me and I don't know who it is, yeah, no, I'm not answering that. If it's an out-of-state uh, area code, nope, not answering that. Sometimes I see an area code and I think, maybe that could be, so I'll answer. Um, if it's an 859 area code, I usually answer because... Uh, with my job, it could be someone wanting to buy something and I can make money, so I'm going to answer that. Um, if it's a church person, I always answer. Uh, but uh, if it's my wife, I usually answer. And uh, so uh, I, there are times, though, and I don't think I'm the only one, where we see a number pop up, we go, no, I'm not going to talk to that person. Or I'm not, that's, that's got to be a, uh, someone trying to sell me something. That's got to be a whatever. So we click decline. I don't click decline usually. I just silence it and let it ring through and go to voicemail. So that way, if it is important, they can leave a voicemail, and I'll call them back. But God doesn't do that to us. God doesn't go, oh, them again? Now what are they trying to sell me? Or what are they trying to get from me? He doesn't say that. God says, call unto me. And he says, after calling to me, he says, I will answer thee. It's so great to know that the God uh, of the universe, the creator of the world, a savior of the world is willing to listen to me, is willing to, to hear what I have to say, to listen to my requests. That's a wonderful thing. We have a command to call unto God. We need to do it. We need to, we need to call unto God. We need to, to do exactly what he said. Number three, the result of prayer. We see it in this verse and others throughout the Bible. But as he says here, call unto me and I will answer thee. That's the result. I will answer thee. 1 John 5.14 says, And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. 1 Peter 3.12, For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open unto their prayers. Psalm 3.4 says, I cried unto the Lord with my voice, and he heard me. Psalm 66.19, But verily God hath heard me, he hath attended to the voice of my prayer. Jonah 2.2, I cried by reason of mine affliction unto the Lord, and he heard me in the belly of a whale. God still heard. He's got good reception. Mark eleven twenty four. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. Psalm eighteen six. In my distress I called upon the Lord and cried unto my God. He heard my voice out of his temple and my cry before him, even into his ears. Psalm one eighteen five. I called upon the Lord in distress. The Lord answered me and set me in a large place. John 15, verse 16, at the end of the verse says, Whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. James 4, 2, you have not 
because you ask not. Um, when I was a kid, <clears throat> I knew not to ask my parents, can I get a candy bar when we're standing in the grocery store line? Because I knew the answer was going to be no. I, I just knew it. It didn't matter what was going on. If I said, Mom, can I have a candy bar? She would say, no, not today, which is what I tell my kids almost every time. Uh, I asked my dad, Dad, can I have a candy bar? He would say no. And so I didn't even ask. Um, my grandfather was a different story. My grandfather's always enjoyed spoiling grandkids. And, uh, and I remember one Christmas, they always felt they had the philosophy to spend the same amount of money on all the grandkids. There's only four of us. Um, and so if they didn't buy us the same gift, they spent the same amount of money. Um, I remember one year they got all of us TVs, all the grandkids TVs. Man, my mom was irate. Um, little, uh, little, I don't remember how big they were now, um, 18 inch, I don't know, little TV put in a room. <sighs> mom was not happy. Uh, but that's what grandma and grandpa did. They like to spoil. I think that's what grandparents are supposed to do. I have no problem when my parents spoil my kids or when my in-laws spoil my kids. No, no problem with that. I do have to straighten them out once they spend some time with them. But outside of that, um, I'm okay with it. You know, uh, my grandfather, one day we were in Ohio with, with him and my cousins were there and me and my sister were there. And grandpa said, I'm going to the hardware store. Anybody want to come? All three, my, cousin, my two cousins and my sister, I'm going. Who wants to go to the hardware store? No, I'm not going. All right. So they left. I hung out with my grandma. Had a good time. And uh, they come back. And they've got like handfuls of toys with them. And they throw me a stick of gum. We got you a stick of gum. I said, I didn't know they sold toys at the hardware store. Oh, we didn't just go to the hardware store. I said, Grandpa, you said you're going to the hardware store. We did go to the hardware store. Wait a second, had I known, you should have come. You get a piece of gum because the, your sister's nice to you. No, she knew what I liked. She could have got me a toy. She didn't do it. You see, with Christ, oftentimes we, we, we assume things. Christ says, call unto me and I'll answer thee. And so we say, all right, um, I need this thing, whatever it is. Uh, I need this amount of money for a bill or I need this to take care of a dentist visit or whatever it is and we think about it and we go okay I need this I need this how can I get it uh, if I if I save here and I and I take from this and I do this it'll work or if I get on a payment plan then that'll all work out fine and that may be what God wants you to do but we don't ask God about it um, my wife was telling somebody recently uh, I don't remember who it was now um, about a time where uh, something came up that we needed, we needed money for and, and uh, whatever. It, it all worked out because our, our uh, uh, tax return came in at that time that we needed, that we needed it. And, you know, uh, and my wife said these words. It's not exactly what she meant, but she said, luckily our tax return came in at that same time. Now, we knew at that time because we talked about it. We knew what we needed. God knew what we needed. We asked God to provide for the need. He gave us a tax return. Now, some people say, well, you were going to get that anyways. Well, maybe, but I've had my fair share of fun with taxes where you thought you were going to get one and you didn't, um, or you thought you were going to get more than what you did, or you got more than what was expected, and the next year find out you weren't supposed to get that much, so you've got to pay it all back. Um, I've been through all of that. So, so I don't take that for granted. But when we say, God, I need this, and God says, here's this. Well, thank you, Lord. 
uh, there are times where, uh, um, where we ask for things and, and God uh, uh, says, not yet, not, not, and this isn't the time for it. I don't, uh, that's not according to my will. I'm not going to answer that because I don't want you to, to do this. There are different ways when it comes. I've told you before, I believe that prayer is asking. I get this, I steal this from old, old, old preachers. Prayer is asking and the answer to prayer is receiving. If I don't get what I asked for, then my prayer didn't get answered. Does God tell us no, He does? But when I ask for something, until, until I get it, it hasn't been answered. Now God may say, you're not going to get it because I don't want you to have it. Okay. Well, there's that. So I'm going to keep praying for the other things now. And continue to pray. You see, when we pray, we can have our prayers answered. The result of praying is God answering the prayers. As I read earlier in 1 John 5.14, this is the confidence that we have in Him that if we ask anything according to His will, He heareth us. We pray, and we'll talk about how to pray more next week, so I don't want to jump too far ahead, but we pray with the expectation that God's going to give. As long as we're praying for something we know God desires for us to have, something that is good according to God. Um, I can pray all I want to for a million dollars. And it's not to say that God won't answer that prayer, but more than likely, He's not. Why do I want a million dollars? Well, i got some things I'd like to, to pay off. I also have some things I'd like to have. If I had a million dollars, I can tell you right now how I would spend all a million dollars of it. Um, of course, half of it goes back to the government. But the, the other half that I have, I tell you exactly, I could tell you every penny that I was spent on it. Why is God not going to give me a million dollars? Because He knows everything that I would spend a million dollars on. But I can ask God, God, I have a need financially. And God desires that I meet my financial responsibilities. He's going to provide it. How? I can't tell you that. I don't know. He may send money. That very rarely happens in my life. But He provides opportunities to, to make the money that I need, to get the money that I need. And so we have this understanding that the result of calling on the Lord is the fact that God's going to answer. I have seen physical uh, uh, ailments be healed that doctors were surprised by. That I believe prayer is the reason they were healed. The doctors didn't heal them because they didn't know how it happened. We had a girl that worked at the camp uh, one summer. I was around 12 years old, I think, at the time. And um, her, she was goofing off on a, uh, an ATV that she shouldn't have even been on. And um, she fell off. She hit her head. Uh, on the tire, and then on the, the concrete. was out cold. Uh, ambulance came, got her, um, took her to the hospital. She was uh, unresponsive. Um, she still had a heartbeat, but outside of that, nothing else. So I remember for a few weeks, everybody just praying and praying and praying, and her parents were there, and, and, uh, and they were praying, and the, the workers of the camp were praying. Her home church was praying. And there was a lot of people praying for her. And one night the doctors called uh, her parents and we said, uh, we think you need to come. Um, we think this might be, might be it. So they went in that night. By the next morning, she was doing better than she had, had been since the accident. She was awake. She was responsive. The doctors called the parents in because they thought she was going to die. 
and the prayers of God's people came pouring in. And I have no doubt in my mind that it was God who did that because a result of prayer. Um, my wife has a kidney condition that back she found out about in her physical to go to college. And, um, and so we were told, she was told that it could be, make complications for pregnancies and um, could have unhealthy children and things like that. Um, and I remember uh, after we had been dating, spending a night just praying for God to heal her. Um, her doctor, uh, after we were married, new doctor, he said, I'm not completely sure that your doctor diagnosed you correctly. Um, so there's definitely signs or whatever, but it's not as bad as we thought. Um, we, when we were pregnant with Brett, um, our, our, um, the doctor told us, well, you'll never carry him to term, and you'll be lucky to even deliver. We punched him in the face and walked out, and uh, we didn't. He doesn't have his license anymore, but nonetheless, um, he sent us to Vanderbilt as a high-risk patient. We went to Vanderbilt, and Vanderbilt says, why are you here? Um, you know, the lowest risk we've ever dealt with. Okay, well, that's nice. It's a lot better than the last guy. Um, Brett was born, no complications. Uh, Katie was healthy throughout the pregnancy, um, and everything was fine. Camden, same thing, healthy throughout the entire pregnancy. Didn't go to a high-risk doctor with him. Everything was fine. I believe that's a result of prayer, um, not just incompetence on the doctor's parts, uh, but prayer. I believe it was prayer. I believe she was diagnosed correctly, and I believe that, and like I said, there's still results of that. She still has a kidney condition. But having said all that, there's been a lot of prayer poured into my wife's health. And to this point, we've seen God provide an answer that. When we pray, God will answer. He says, Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Um, Let's look at those two things. We're almost done. Uh, great things. What are great things? He's referring here to, he's talking to the children of Israel. And so he's, great things is something they're used to in their past. Their parents or grandparents or great-grandparents or great-great-great-grandparents got to see some incredible things from God. Got to see God do some, some incredible things in their lives. They've read the history of where they've come from and what all happened in Egypt and all these different things. They, they're aware of these things. So God says, I will show you great things, and I'm, and I'm putting this in like your parents, grandparents, great-great-great-parents saw. I will, I will show you great things like that, and mighty things uh, that thou knowest not. It's almost the assumption of you can kind of see it, you just don't understand it. He's about to deliver them. If you'll obey, I'll deliver you. There's things that you can go, uh, that you look back on and go, oh, that's why that happened. Um, that's happened many times in my life. I can look back at, at any instance in my life where I go, why did God allow that to happen? And today, with the exception of one thing, I can tell you exactly why it happened. There's still one thing we're waiting on. Lord, why? Why? Um, and we still ask that question to God. But, uh, and we know that someday we'll figure it out. We just don't know why it is yet. And so we can look back. And we, can, and we can see, okay, that's why God had that happen in my life. God says, I'm going to show you things. They're going to be great things, mighty things, things that, that maybe you haven't thought of, maybe things you haven't seen, other things that you saw but you didn't understand. I'm going to reveal them to you because of your prayers, as a result of your prayers to God that you know it's not. 
that you don't understand, that you've not seen before. Now, I can tell you this much, that excites me. Because I've asked some pretty big things of God, many of which have been answered, and some that we're still praying for. But I have a very large imagination. And so when it comes to this church and the things that I pray for for this church and, and where I would like to see this church uh, go to, where I want to see this church grow and, and the, the different ministries that this church could have, in doing so, I pray for those things knowing that they're my ideas and, and my prayers, but that's what I'm supposed to ask for. And if God wants them, He'll, he'll bring them to fruition. He'll answer those requests. And in doing so, to know that God says, I will answer you and I'm going to show you great things. I'm going to show you mighty things that thou knowest not. Well, I'm here praying for these what I think are big things. To think that God can, will do more than what I'm asking. Exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. Then to know that God is saying, hey, I'm going to show you things that you didn't think could happen. I don't know what that is, but it excites me. I go, oh, that would be really neat. So then I start thinking about it. Is it this? Is it this? Is it this? What is it? I don't know what it is, but I know this, that if I ask God, He's going to answer me. And on top of answering my request, He's going to do better than what I asked for. He's going to go above what I asked for. He's going to, uh, we know who God is and what He's capable of, and to know that God can do things with my prayers, the things that I'm asking. You know, the things that I'm asking for, I, I ask for things for my family that will... Um, that will help our family. God knows what my family needs better than I do. So I say, God, provide for me in this way. And God will say, okay, not only that, this will even better help your family. I'll give you this also. I pray for our church and I pray for good things for our church and ask God to bless our church in different ways. And so, so maybe God will say, well, uh, I'm going to answer your request in, in the need that you have for your church, but I'm going to do even better than that. Those of you who were here when we moved to this building, we were praying for $2,000. We needed $2,000 for a security deposit. And within a week, we had $4,000. We were able to paint, we were able to fix some things, and do some different things with it. I, I was very short-sighted in that prayer. Lord, we need $2,000 for the security deposit. And then I just thought, I, I'll, I'll buy the paint. I'll do whatever, you know, that's all good. Uh, I should have been praying for $10,000. I said, Lord, we need $2,000. And he says, here's four. Um, things that we didn't think we'd be able to do, things that we hadn't thought about that we found out later we needed to do, we were able to do because God gave it to us. And so God is going to answer our prayers if we call. We have to call. Hudson Taylor said this. He was a missionary. Um, he said, when we work, we work. When we pray, God works. And... I like to think that I can do things. I'm getting better at doing things, you know, uh, building things or whatever, fixing things. I, I, I know how to Google, so I can usually uh, find a way to fix certain things and, and different things. I like to think I'm getting better at those things, but the reality is, is God is better at everything than I am. So when I say, all right, we want to see our church grow, I could do this and I could do that and I could do this and I could do that. What if God says all you need to do is, is ask? Now, I have asked. I'm not, I, I have asked many times for church growth. I've asked God to bless and to, to grow our church. And, and uh, today, our membership grows by one. Miss Diane will be joining at the end of the service. But 
That's an answer to prayer. It's growth. And the reality is, is that we spend so much time depending on ourselves that we oftentimes forget to truly ask God to take care of us. This year, our focus is, is on prayer, and it will be all year long. I'm really excited to share with you all the stuff that we've got planned for this year. I am, I am over the moon excited about our, our July. Um, it's going to be incredible. Um, I'm going to tell you all about it in the afternoon service. Uh, but, uh, and we've got other things planned. We've got uh, guest preachers coming in that I'm really excited about, um, all of that. But at the end of the day, everything that we're going to do and our focus this year is going to be very simple. Call unto me. Pray. We're going to do some things that are going to help us uh, in praying for each other, um, things that are going to help us in praying for our church, things that are going to help us in just praying in general. But in order for us to have answered prayers, we have to pray. In order for us to watch God work, we've got to ask. God says, call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. That's exciting. Let's pray and let's let God answer. Lord, I do pray for your help. God, I pray that you would help us to be um, faithful in our prayers. I pray that we would be bold in our prayers. Lord, that we would not limit you um, that we would not uh, assume things about you that are not true. Lord, may we just simply come to you with our needs, with our desires. Lord, may we call upon you and allow you to answer us and to show us great and mighty things that we don't even know yet. God, I pray that you would um, make our church, develop our church into a praying church, that we would consistently depend on you for all the needs that we have. God, I pray that you'd help us in this new year, that you'd bless us, that your hand would be on our church. Lord, that you would grow us, that you would, um, that you would make us into what you want us to be, that you would further our reach, that you would help us to have more ministries. Um, God, I pray that you'd bring us um, fellow laborers. I pray that you would bring us lost folk uh, that need to be saved. Lord, I pray that you would um, uh, help us to grow spiritually into exactly what you want us to be. But God, today we pray and we ask you to do all this in us. And we'll praise you for the answered prayers that we get. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.